Don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes for my friends at the Amish Inquisition. I can't have children with a whore. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. Drink, and I know things. Hello, welcome, it's Amish Inquisition time yet again! Yes! Sunday, episode 106 on Sunday the 17th of November. <coughs> That's the day. Praise ooh, Jabalon. Ooh. Praise Jabalon indeed. Welcome, bienvenue, kenichi bumchikawa. Jambo. Hello uh, eavesdroppers and stream droppers. Hello Mike. Have a mic, we've got a reunion in the, in the throth. Good evening, Steg. Steg has joined us again. Don't forget, you can ring in live in the studio if you want to partake, you want to ask us something. Yeah, don't. Uh, whatever. Skype at theamishinquisition at gmail.com or you can even ring me on my personal phone if you have my personal phone number. All technology is... <laughs> ace. <laughs> oh, God. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Born ready. As Born ready, yeah. We're ready, live and kicking, broadcasting, oh, yes. live streaming from ABC yeah. Studios. Oh shit! <laughs> the Amish Broadcasting Corporation. Um, should we start with some corrections? Yep. No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I'm not ready. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, go on. I'll oh, go on then. That's correct. Right, we have some corrections that have come in. Thanks really? to Aaron for these corrections. Aaron. Oh, it's on my phone, like which you had. Doing the Lord's work. Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> Taking the Lord's work in vain. Lord. Lord Hesseltine. <laughs> right, correction number one. Uber drivers don't get to bid on the price. It's set by oh, Uber, right. depending on demand. The app just shows you the price. It's up to the drivers to accept your request. Right. Also, on England owning bits of France, Calais was ruled by the reigning English monarch until 1558. Mm. And that sort of ties into that film Matt was watching about Henry V. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, because uh, he won Agincourt and, and he was, I think he was in charge of Normandy and some bits. It's where, like, the English king thought he had a claim to the French crown and all that caper. Right. It's all very weird. Normans and Vikings yeah, and long later, later than that. Athel, Plantagenets. Plantagenets. Yeah, that sort of era. Plant guys. 
House of Lancaster, and then uh, Plantagenet. War of the Roses. Stuff. Hundred Years' War. That's what Agincourt was. Uh, oh, okay. I think that was was that a decisive battle in Hundred Years' War. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I'm shit at medieval it's stuff. It's famous. <laughs> so, yeah, it's famous for that. Um, that's it, really. I don't think we had only a couple of corrections. So that's not bad, is it? Mm. We'll take that. What have you been up to today? Party. Um, decorating. Oh, a lot of painting, painting, decorating, ripping up carpets, pulling out staples, doing glossing of, of stuff. Um, yeah, all weekend. Painting skirting boards. Mm, and doors. It's, uh, it's, it's quite good. I quite like using gloss. It kind of morphs into, into the cracks and stuff. What colour did you go for, Luminous Yellow? For a colour called Pointing. Which I believe is uh, Baron Ball 2003. However, it just looks like white <laughs> to me. But I'm, I'm assured that it was worth the expense. There's probably uh, swatches full of different <clears throat> tones of white. It's just fucking white. It's white. White gloss. Right. Okay. It's a bit boring, isn't it, painting? Yeah. I was listening to an audiobook, though, at the same time. I was oh. listening to uh, The Body by Bill Bryson, his new his new book. The Body, right? What's that about? It's about it's about the human body. Right. And biology and uh, and all its okay. foibles. Because he's, he's known recently for his history books. Yeah, so. he's history and travel and, and stuff. Travel, yeah. A lot so, of those. So this is a, a biology, book on biology. Yeah, yeah, medicine. It's really good. In what way? What's uh, so good about it? I I enjoyed the content. I enjoyed the delivery. <laughs> does he do them himself? The he audio does, books. Yep, yep. It's better than Stephen King, then. Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's so good about the content? Is it the, the, the depth that it goes into, or is it is it giving it a different take on it, or what? He uh, kind of goes. There's not really a, d- a different take on biology um <laughs> of course there is you look at it from different points of view can't yeah, you? It's like, well it's not like reading a biology textbook surely no no it's not no. as no he, t- he takes interesting bits so he started off with talking about how um the body's made up of various elements and they figured out they figured <laughs> out wind uh, and fire <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah ether they uh they figured out how much it costs Bions. to build uh, a body basically in terms of like, if you went to the chemical shop and bought you know enough carbon enough selenium enough water cobalt (laughs) right uh you could build you could have the the chemicals in the right quantities to have a human body obviously it'd just be a pile of chemicals goo goo yeah um and it it was somewhere around between 150 and 200,000 pounds just for the raw material. Just for the raw material, yeah. And then I think you just need a car battery and <laughs> there you go. Now, all that raw material isn't present at the moment of conception, is it? Uh, not in those quantities, no. So does the human body take in energy to produce these elements? <sighs> yeah. So that's, your, that's your basic um, nutritional requirements. So economically, it's better to grow one. Better to grow one than to buy one. <laughs> Definitely. 
definitely. And if you can get a short one, <laughs> even better. Why is that? <laughs> it, costs, it costs less in less in, in raw materials. <laughs> less in yeah, more efficient. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it was quite that was quite good. And then um you start going into like the brain and stuff and the vast amount of processes that it can do in, in a short amount of time and grey matter, he, white matter. Uh does he say that the human brain is the most complicated thing in the known universe yes he did he oh, did really? Good. Yeah. because it's got so many connections is it that's mm-hmm. what it is yep yeah there's hundreds and thousands of uh <laughs> more <laughs> more than hundreds <laughs> there's more, more than 10 somewhere between 10 and all of them uh, does that not is there some natural variability there no <laughs> <laughs> not thinking of anyone in particular you know uh, Dessert spoon, he's put it in a bowl of warm <laughs> water as well before you shove it up your ass. Oh, he's not here, is oh, he? Oh, Matt isn't here. He's uh, busy installing his indoor swimming pool. But don't worry. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good, though. So I, I recommend you put it on your Christmas list, uh, eavesdroppers, either for reading with your eyes or ears. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm on a book at the moment, and since you brought up babies... <laughs> Tiny humans. I'm reading this currently. City of the Sharp Nosed Fish. Right, right. O- <laughs> Oxyrhynchos in Egypt. Okay. Right. These two English g- graduates, Oxford graduates, in the uh, 19th century, they went uh, digging in Egypt. It was when this big uh, craze of Egyptology was booming. Uh, Flinders Petrie was dicking about, being mm-hmm. a big dick in, on the archaeology scene, all this. These two fellas go over there and they start digging in this place, uh, the city of the sharp-nosed fish. And it's a bit off the beaten track. It's like, uh, I don't know if, it was, if they said it was maybe five days from from where Alexandria was. Um, and um, they start seeing these, ma- they see these mounds and they start digging in them. And they're ancient waste dumps. Mm. And they start finding papyrus preserved from the Roman era and before. And they did think, I think they dug for maybe six years. At the height, they had 200 blokes working for them, <laughs> just collecting this paper and Jeez. then boxing it, boxing it up and sending it back to the UK to be, to be translated. To be sold in staples. <laughs> <laughs> to be translated. They found over half a million <laughs> pieces of papyrus. Yeah. Ranging from like pieces the size of your fist to mm. complete pages and everything in between. And they're still translating it now wow so the first volume of translations came out in 18 whatever <laughs> and like every 10 years another set of tra- you know these are the latest translation and the guy who, who wrote the book that's his job he's, he's a he's translator he's been translating these for years like wow it's fascinating that is a pretty cool job and it's papyrus if it says you open a box hang on papyrus yeah <laughs> okay. papyrus these two guys invented papyrology like the study of papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> papyrus of papyrus. Dottisius, Dottisius. But he says, like, you open a box, it could be anything in it. Um, Gospel of Thomas has been found in it. Scraps of the Gospel of Thomas. Um, works of literature, like the Homeric Iliad and yeah. whatnot. B&Q receipts. Psh, DIY. Yeah. Yeah. 
IOUs, just notes, shopping lists. It could be anything. Wow. And they're still unboxing and stuff. There's been subsequent um, digs on the site. I think an, an Italian team went maybe in the 80s. I think that was maybe the last time it was mm. actively dug on. But it's really fascinating. How did it survive all these years? Dry. Ah. Just kept dry. Yeah. As long as it was above, you know, the, the Nile floods every year. Mm. That's why the Nile Delta is fertile. And all the, <clears> all the settlements in Egypt are within a certain uh, distance. distance from the Nile. As long as it's above the water table when the Nile floods and it's in a dry area, it it, it has a good chance of surviving. Wow. The only other way things survive is, funnily enough, if they're burnt. If, like, a house is burnt. Right. And the charring somehow preserves it against moisture. Okay. But there's this really laborious process about how they unroll the papyrus and they've got to sort of wet it and uncrease it and then flatten it and blah, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. But I found that there was an interesting um, paragraph I thought you might like to hear. Oh, yeah. Far away. Um, it's talking about um, sales and leases that they found from the papyrus. Uh, sales and leases describe the property in detail well-appointed houses even boast a private bathhouse. None mentions a lavatory, whether from modesty or more likely because the concept does not exist. Household furniture can include pots and even clothes stools. These have to be emptied, perhaps on the dung hills which build up in streets and the refuse tips which accumulated round the periphery. Dung heaps on the street, basically. There, every... San Francisco. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Everything everything could be dumped, including unwanted, normally female, babies. An imported habit, it seems, for Greek writers report with surprise that the Egyptians rear all their offspring. It was a Greek city in Egypt. Right. So the Greeks are surprised that the Egyptians rear all their offspring, that they don't you know, get rid of a certain amount of girls or boys. The more pragmatic Greeks see the difficulty of feeding too many mouths, especially the females, who will only repay their costs by a good marriage. Such babies can be picked up from the dung heap by anyone interested, who then owns them as slaves or to sell on. Wet nurses are hired to get them through the infant stage. That's pretty disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. Round and about, the visitor can expect the familiar smell of waste animal and human. Waste animal and human. House leases commonly specify that rooms should be returned cleansed of excrements of and every kind of filth. And this made me chuckle. In an affectionate, if misspelled letter, Kaliho writes to an absent friend, I make obeisance on your behalf every day before the Lord God Serapis. From the day you left, we miss your turds. Wishing <laughs> to see you. That's one of the scraps they found. Nice. We miss Classic. your turds. We miss your turds. There's just shit everywhere. Wow, that sounds awful. Yeah. Amazing, eh? Humans are shit. Uh, it's needs. It's it's like... Uh, love. Yeah, we're lucky. We don't have to make those decisions. We have social safety nets and stuff. Yeah. Does anyone make those decisions in the world today? Definitely. Do you think? China? Did it, well, do right. they still do that? All right. You know, technically they don't do it anymore, but... In, you'd say modern history. Yeah. One child policy. Yeah, one child policy, yeah. It might still happen in China in certain places. Um, definitely. Fuck. It's sad, isn't it? Mm. But, what can you do? 
Shit. Just have to be thankful thankful that we're not in that position anymore. We've got past that, we'd have to admit. Decisions like that. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> that was good. <coughs> so, paper. Yeah, I got to um, St. Catherine's Bookshop mm. this week. What's in your bag? Angelo's. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. Seven books for five pounds. Oh, I can see the top one. It's one of my favourite books of all time. Really? Yeah. The Celts? Oh, no. I thought it was the castle. <laughs> <laughs> Kafka. <coughs> Historical fiction, the Celts. It was in the classic not that section. not far away either. How can I can read that? Um, a Ooh, book. The Celts. A Thousand and One Nights. So that's <laughs> Arabian Nights. Yeah. Another famous Arabian. <sighs> Stinks. Translation, I got a philosophy book, Freedom of the Known, Krishnamurti. Some boobs in this one. Famous philosophy, all right. Uh, just uh, <laughs> just doggy that, page just doggy that page for me. <laughs> uh, the Testament of Mary. Ooh. That's fiction, but it's right. written from the point of view as if someone had found, you know, Mary's, the Testament of Mary. Mary who, which one? Mother of ah. Christ. Uh, Roman like, history book. There's about five words in this book. It's in size 20. Calibri. This one, I was quite. I might read this one next. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Uncovered. That one. And then I got a little toilet book. History without the boring bits. Yeah, and it's just little paragraphs. You see? Little paragraphs. Stories. Wow, some of those so, are really short. Uh, just open this up. 184 BC. Snake bombs. Snake bombs, snake bombs. <laughs> While leading the Bithynians in a sea battle against the Pergamines, the exiled Hannibal, our favourite Carthaginian general. The Hannibal. cannibal. Nope, the general. The other one. Hannibal general. The exiled ha Hannibal ordered his men to throw clay pots filled with snakes into the enemy galleys. The enemy, thus thrown into confusion, were readily defeated. Wow. That's a gangster move, isn't it? It is. I'd have chosen spiders. <laughs> They're probably harder to wrangle. But imagine. <laughs> Spider bomb. <laughs> Are you thinking tarantulas? No, little little ones. Oh, well, they wouldn't be scary, would they? Little lethal ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the fear of snakes is probably ingrained in human DNA, isn't it? Snakes on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call some <coughs> inventive <coughs> battle planning, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Get a lot of snakes and, and <clears throat> basket them up, and we'll just launch them into enemy enemy ships. What's war like nowadays? Yeah. How do you mean? I mean, is there any of that kind of tactical stuff? Yeah. Is it not all tactics? Buy, is it just about buying the newest equipment, whoever has the biggest bullets? Depends who's fighting the war, doesn't it? Are you talking if you're talking about between like two nation states? Mm. It's mostly guerrilla warfare or drones, isn't it? Now? Cyber, cyber as well, yeah. Cyber. What was it? Uh, General MacArthur said, "Was it the next war will be fought, fought in space?" In in space. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. The guy who warned us about the military-industrial complex on his deathbed. Right. General MacArthur from the US military. What did he die of? 
Senile. Uh, <laughs> Senile. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, good question. Maybe he was losing it. Space Wars. Space Wars. <laughs> space Wars. Yes, this is the Space Wars. Tell you what, that's a good idea for a movie. What, Space Wars? Some yeah. Space Wars. Can we have laser swords in it? Laser, <laughs> laser swords is a great idea. And how about like some kind of little cute alien creatures, you know, for the kids? <coughs> Tauntauns. <laughs> do it. Do your tauntaun. Chew it, it. <laughs> Excellent. Your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker, and I'll see you in hell. <laughs> uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> I got some. Uh, I got some clips this week. Clips. Do I need some clips? I want to hear some clips. I've been uh, keeping an eye on the political campaign. Yeah, I haven't, so you can no. enlighten me. I've seen no news this week. I've been on no social media. Oh, that's good. It's pretty good. Was that um, a, a, what do you call it, a proactive decision to stay off social media? Or is no. It circumstances, you've been too busy. Subconscious, too busy. But I like it. Um, and it's made me think, maybe I'll just... Not bother with it. it, yeah. Because... It frees up so much time. I have, I have less free time now so i kind of want to spend it more with you know my family and shit and yeah it's a time sucker isn't it mm. social media yeah what do you get from it this podcast but other than that uh it's wired to trigger reward systems in your brain mm. or it's, sorry it's designed to trigger the, the reward systems in your brain likes and I think it triggers retweets. it triggers more kind of like latent anger <laughs> when I read some people's posts and nonsense that's on there. Scrolling through. Right. So you see views that you don't agree with. Yeah. A lot more than I used to. Right. I mean, that's good in a way because it means that you're getting out of your sort of bubble. bubble. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, not everyone will agree with you. What? I know. Shocking as it is. Shit that. Uh, Didn't they get the memo? <laughs> the danger is if, if you are in some sort of bubble is that uh, you lose track of, sort of what's really going on then. Reality. Maybe. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, the online world is uh, it's a big time suck. It is. And it's, kind of, it's kind of cheap. feels cheap. How do you mean? Well, it's the, No, the internet used to feel kind of like Wizzy and techy, and, and it was like great, and you could, you know, all the data at your fingertips. Now, well, social media to me, it does, it feels like like cheap and plasticky, and it's a sellout. Oh, Everyone almost. knows it's all about, it's all about advertising. It's revenue. yeah, exactly. That, that's probably what's cheapened it. It's about advertising revenue and selling your data, data and your habits, yeah, and taste profiling. Yeah, they're not. We just want to connect people. Don't, I <laughs> yeah, don't, they want to connect you to the business that wants to sell you something. Yeah, that's what it is. Don't show me what I want to see. <laughs> let me let me ask for something I want to see. Let me search for it. I Are you not wanna... entertained? Fuck no. 
I think it's it's saturation as well. The other the, the other side of it. I think I'm just bored. I think I'm bored of it. It feels cheap and tacky, and plasticky and nonsense. And almost at the bottom of every fucking website is some bullshit clickbait that's just fucking nonsense. Mm. Nonsense. And if if there's anything that piques my interest. And I want to click about and read about something, or there's an article or photo or whatever I want to see. Uh, like, <clears throat> case in point, new electric Mustang being released. Oh, that's quite interesting. All electric Ford Mustang. Ford. Mm-hmm. I'll cl- I'll see what that looks like. Check out the first picture. You, you know, click. Sc- you had to scroll through like 17 pages of bullshit before you got to the picture. I didn't even get to the picture because I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I don't want to see that shit. I clicked on this because I want to see a picture of an electric Mustang. I didn't want to read about how to fucking miraculously regrow your hair in one night. Try it tonight. Try this juice for your balls. balls. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. I think what we have before us... It's bloody hell, Jeremy. <laughs> Regard the ball. I didn't know Corbin was going to comment on our balls. <laughs> he gets everywhere. He does, yeah. So, yeah, um, pretty shit. But you see, that is inevitable <coughs> without some sort of subscription service. Mm. The reason you don't get ads on Netflix is because you pay them directly, you subscribe. Well, I've started getting ads on Amazon for something I'm paying for. All right, it's for Amazon programs, but. Oh, when you're watching something on Prime? It's, I turn Prime on and instantly there's like a watch <laughs> the 18th series of The Man in the High Castle because you enjoyed the previous 17 so much. Uh, and it, it just now. That's just like, so that's a recommendation based on your taste profile. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I just plucked that out of thin air. I, I, you know what disturbs me about Amazon? A jar full of spiders being thrown out. <laughs> Not snakes. <laughs> snakes. <laughs> Snake bombs. <laughs> Amazon snake, snake bomb, bomb. Snake bomb. Yes. Uh, these ring doorbells. Mm. I really don't like them. I quite want one. You wouldn't want one. I want one. Fuck. Yes. <coughs> I think they've got they've got Alexa inside your house. Inside my house. you all the time. Yep. You've got your ring doorbell. Looking at the street, anyone walking past your house and anyone who comes and yeah, goes to your house. Those shits. It's like we're just we're just welcoming Big Brother with open arms. Yep. You know what? It'd be the icing on the cake. Some kind of government owned internet service. <laughs> <laughs> that you charge no money for, so people go, Oh fuck. I'm getting something for nothing. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about here. Mm. <laughs> Let's hear it from the horse's mouth. So here it is. A Labour government will make broadband free for everybody. Danger, Will Robinson. Let's stop it there because it's not free, is it? Free? Well, it depends how you define free. Costing no money. Right. Okay. It's not free. We pay for it via taxation. Right. Free at the point of use. Yeah. (laughs) Free at the point of use. Yeah. Okay. The government doesn't own any money. No. The government takes our money and distributes it as it sees fit. Yes. Based on its legitimacy and its manifesto. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not free. The public. Anyways. Yes. Standing ovation. 
<laughs> well, get not on with just it. Just any broad broadband, but the he said broad wang. <laughs> That's a number wang. No, if you're offering a broad wang to everyone for free, <laughs> yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Very fastest full fibre broadband to every home in every part of our country for free as a universal public service. And once it's up and running, instead of you forking out your monthly bill, we'll tax the giant corporations fairly. I hope they're listening to this. We're going to tax you fairly. That includes Facebook and Google. That will help to cover the running costs of this. Good luck with that. This is... This is a policy for the many, making broadband free and available to all will open up opportunities for everybody. What was once a luxury is now an essential utility. That's why full fibre broadband must be a public service, bringing communities together with equal access in an inclusive and connected society. Fast and free broadband for all. Get the idea, do we? Fire up yes. Oh, he, said, he said there... An essential utility. Like water. Like water. Uh, water isn't free. We pay water bills. Yeah. It will help us. Oh, God, he's still wanking on. Issues and tackle the climate emergency. Oh, it's going to help with climate change. the need for commuter journeys. Well, and it will make our country fairer, more equal, and more democratic. Is everyone going to work from home, then? That's what he's hinting at. It'll save commuter journeys, and that's going to change the climate. <laughs> okay. Um... Uh, so, I didn't realise it was a big issue, broadband. Oh, really? I mean, it's it's quite expensive, I suppose. I've seen some numbers, Compared some polls, uh, some polls and some stats this week. 95% uh, of the country is covered by broadband. Mm -hmm. So it's 5% that aren't. Yep. And 80% of consumers are reasonably satisfied with their broadband provider. Yep. What are the pros and cons? Of uh, this idea, so he's got a a um, manifesto pledge there that is targeting five percent of the population, making a big song and dance about it. Well, there's no clamour for it. There haven't been any clamour for it, is there? I think he's trying to he's trying to get around get onto the fact that it's free to try and get people engaged, and then saying. It's free because we're going to tax the corporations, and like you said, the government don't have any money. And if it's <coughs> if he says right, we're going to tax corporations and we're going to ring fence that money, <coughs> and we're going to use that money exclusively to provide full fiber, fast broadband to everyone, then technically it is free, I suppose, but it's still going to be a government-controlled internet service. And with a government-controlled internet service, like, I don't know, China, you can... you can. Fuck, no, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you can um, basically firewall the yeah. whole internet for everyone and block anything that isn't it opens deemed... The, I didn't even think about this. It opens up the door to censorship. Doesn't it? And what were they trying to push through i know I, I don't know whether this was cross party or it was a theresa may thing but they were trying to push through a porn ban weren't they last, yeah. last can i have year? a porn card please exactly <laughs> and you would have had to buy a buy a card from the news agents whatever <coughs> yeah a porn pass uh if you will 
And um, if they had this, they could just block whatever they deem unhealthy, unnecessary, Unnatural. dangerous. Yeah. Um, not just porn, but you know, you could block sites to um, what are the what's the current protest a lot. Extinction Rebellion. Extinction Rebellion posts on on social media. You mm. could block um, the Occupy movement. I don't know if they're still going on, but any kind of anything that hints at public unrest, you could easily block it. Yeah, this smacks of like a oh, USSR. Mm. You know, grey, blue, grey coloured scene. I think you've gone to the worst case scenario immediately, which is healthy. I think <laughs> it's me all over. Well, it's healthy. <laughs> I mean, just from an early, a, a more uh, different point of view. I mean, if you don't like your internet provider, you can move to a different internet provider. Mm-hmm. If there's only one game in town, if the service is shit, you're stuck with it. And the service will be shit. Yeah, well, I saw another poll, a YouGov poll. Um, do you support free broadband for all UK citizens and businesses, households and businesses? And something like 78% or 80% were in favour. Right. You know, 20 or 30% were against. People now, like free stuff. They do. But then they asked them this, this, a different question. Would you be in favour of a state-run and implemented broadband service as opposed to the current? And it was like 30% supported it. Yeah. People want free stuff. But, yeah, there is that meme of... You know, if you want something to, if you want progress to really slow down, get to state the state to do it. What they could do, they could say we're going to provide free broadband to all schools, hospitals, shops, businesses, any business. The thing is, that's just they pay for those. Oh, businesses, private businesses, businesses. private businesses, offer it to private businesses. So we're gonna we're gonna offer free broadband to all all these places. And that way, you're not kind of impinging on people's personal, right? But that's not what they they want to impinge on people's personal. <laughs> that that's where the problem lies. If there's going to be an, an I've gone straight to the edge the edge of the world again. <laughs> if there's going to be an uprising, it's going to start in people's homes. It's not going to start like in Starbucks on the on the uh, their internet. I would prefer if they just concentrated on the 5% of the country that doesn't have access to broadband. Yeah. Um, It seems that the private sector has been slow to sort this problem out. And it's understandable from their point of view because they're going to get less revenue from these uncontacted tribes that live in the forest of Boland. (laughs) 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 You know, you don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, Because there's small villages and hamlets, there isn't the customer base there to make the investment in laying the cables worthwhile. With wild, <laughs> <laughs> on fire. So I can understand why it might be necessary for the state to step in there to either g up these countries or just do it themselves. Yeah, because what would it cost? It won't cost the earth probably. It wouldn't cost as much as providing free broadband for everyone. The annual the running country. cost for the free broadband plan is uh, well over six hundred billion. <laughs> annually, <laughs> six hundred million. Right, annually. Right, what's the setup cost? Oh, 100 billion or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, just infinite money. <laughs> so, Assuming it was free all you the know, to buy BT and open reach. Tax Amazon, infinite money <laughs> <laughs> every year. And you're on tour, winner. Yeah. I take it you're not in favour then of this. No, I'm not. You can fucking jog on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, sticking with uh, Labour, uh, they're going some some bother this week about their stance on free movement of people post-Brexit. Right. Or pre-Brexit or whatever. Within the um, country. Do we want to stop that as well? <laughs> yeah, you can't leave your house. And we're going to cut... We're, we're going to save... this broadband into your brain. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to save... The climate by piping free broadband into your house and you won't have to commute to work because you're not allowed to leave your house. <laughs> Sounds like the Matrix. You're just yeah. going to wake up with a fucking broadband wire and have the neck cable in the back of your head. Walk up in a pool of gel. It's like with <laughs> a red rose on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what was it? Free movement. Now, you see, because they use like the conference method to arrange policies, they vote... Oh yeah. On the policies, what they're gonna and, and on the latest conference and meeting or whatever, um, they they said that part of their manifesto would be to extend freedom of movement. So it's quite ambiguous. Globally. It was no, that was it. Extend freedom of movement. It was very ambiguous. There was right. no oh, okay. So this has con caused controversy this week because people are saying, <clears throat> Well What do you mean? What <laughs> Yeah. Can you enlighten us? And it dragged on for a few days, but luckily, um, <laughs> Labour MP Laura Piddick has cleared everything up for us. I've got a clip. This was uh, on the Andrew Neil show. Ah. If you got the stricter Labour market regulation that you and Len McCluskey are talking about and would want, if you put that in place, would you then be happy to continue with free movement? Well, if we are saying that actually the issue is one of exploitation, and if we are saying that the issue is one of collective agreements being undermined, and we are saying that, you know, when people are annoyed that actually there's two different rates being paid for shifts, or a night work shift being paid at a different right. rate, so what's and the mainly answer? migrant workers <laughs> are yes or no? having, 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 to work, having to work on that, or jobs only being... Yeah, yeah, but all right, I understand that, all but you seem to be playing for time, sorry. and I need to no, go I'm on to gender Andrew. pay, Andrew, which I know I'm is very is, important. I want to know, if you, if you get the kind of labour regulations you want, <laughs> would you then be happy to continue with free movement? What I, what I am saying is it then no longer becomes an issue because so, people are saying that exploitation right. and poverty pay. So you would be you would then be in favour of free movement. Well, listen, humans for time immemorial have moved from one country yeah. to another. Am I going to on your program say that immigrants immigrants are the problem? No, I'm not. I'm not I'm asking if immigrants are the problem. I'm asking you that if you get the kind of labour laws you want. Would you then be in favour of continued free movement? It's not. I'm not looking well, for time immemorial. I'm just looking for an answer now. Well, when we form a Labour government and I get to implement the Workers' Protection Agency, yeah, no, you've said all that. Then, then the issue of exploitation will come to an end, and that is what people care about. And then, will you be in favour of free movement? Numbers. It's an easy question. Is it yes or no? You will see what our proposal all right. says in our manifesto. All right. and it Let me move. Right. Look, I know where I'm going. It's just fucking painful. It's horrible. Slippery, isn't horrible. it? It's not even like it's not even good. Slippery. It's like just stonewalling. The first thing they teach you, I think, at MP College is don't commit. Don't answer a question. Don't commit to anything. Shit. Shit. That was what was quite refreshing about Mr. Corbyn Harvester when he first came onto hey, the scene. He's a brand new Corbyn Harvester. You know, the principles and, uh, you know, yeah. seemed more principled and more plain speaking. And Yeah, it was a bit... Um, he um, he identified a new triumvirate this week. 
A new triumvirate. Yeah. Are you familiar with the first triumvirate? Uh, education, education, education. No. Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Caesar, Marcus Crassus, and Pompey. 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 General Pompey. So at the end of the Roman Republic, basically the three most powerful people in the Republic, Crassus, who was a, the richest man in Rome, mm. Pompey, who was an aristocrat and a general, and armies were loyal to the general because the general paid them. Right. So he had the biggest army. And Caesar, who also had a huge army and was a member of the aristocracy as well, they formed this thing called the First Triumvirate, and it was, it was like a non-aggression pact but better because <laughs> they, they helped each other increase their power base. Right. Helping them get promoted to different roles or, uh, you know, Caesar was made Pontifex Maximus, head, head priest. Nice. You know, all these, uh, all this prestige and glory and rising up the ranks and they, they helped each other. Right. I see. Yeah. Without anyone knowing. And Jeremy Corbyn, today has identified the new triumvirate. Who is it? I think what we have before us is an alliance between Donald Trump and Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson. We know where that alliance is designed to take us into a sweetheart trade deal with the United States that will threaten all of our regulations, all of our conditions, and threaten our public services. Farage and Johnson only offer division, division, division and a deal with Donald Trump, and you'll then be saying, whatever happened to our wonderful National Health Service? Whatever happened to all the regulations that we had that protected our rights at work? There you are. Right. This has been big in the news about a possible conspiracy between Farage, Johnson, and Trump. Did you hear um, Trump on talking to L Farage LBC. on LBC? No, I've not listened to it. Yeah, it was rubbish. No. Well, I think Trump would be the modern-day Marcus Crassus. Right. Because Crassus was the richest man in Rome. And he, yeah. he gained all his power through his wealth. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that tallies. So, um, I would say Farage is Pompey. Did Pompey crash in a, a light aircraft into a field? <laughs> <laughs> he was a big real ale fan, Pompey. Love, love milkshakes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Pompey was very popular. He, created, he Among commanded, idiots. commanded an army. <laughs> right. And if you see, saw like the Brexit voting bloc is like an army that Farage commands, uh, I would equivalent him to Pompey, which means that Boris Johnson is Julius Caesar. Right. Promiscuous. Yes. Untrustworthy. Tick. Untrustworthy. Um... I don't know if Boris Johnson's ever been caught cross-dressing. Probably Or impersonating not. Not a woman. Caught. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Flandre. Wasn't he at one of Justin Trudeau's parties? <laughs> it was in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Charismatic. Yeah. Um, a populare. Yeah. A fan of the plebs. Yes. I think Boris Johnson is probably the most popular um, MP in the country. Took a poll. Yes. Who's going to be second? Fucking Ed Davy. Burko. He's he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. 
Yeah, he was, I think he was my favorite. Who would who would be close to who would be close to Bojo for most popular? Corbin. <sighs> Probably Corbin, but his his followers are like weird. There's like a weird cult following. Mm. I think generally popular. <coughs> I don't know. They're all so shit. Mm. Diane Abbott. <laughs> Diane Abacus. <laughs> ah, she gets a lot of bad press. She does. Um, <coughs> should we go on to Boris? Yeah, Boris. That's uh, interesting. Have you identified this? I've. This is a unique thought. Yeah. A unique thought of your own brain device. <laughs> <laughs> My brain synapses. Nice. Got hundreds and thousands of them. <laughs> Between ten and all. Yeah. <laughs> all going at the same time. Psst, 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 psst. Really? <laughs> I I'm love what be, you're here. <laughs> I'm going to be like an ascended being. Nice. I'm going to like leave this corporeal form. You'll just have to set the mic up and I'll just have to channel through someone. You'll have to get someone in who I can channel every week once I've ascended yeah. onto the next plane. Yeah, can you do, did you I still want to carry on podcasting. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I could, probably, yeah I could probably just Bluetooth into the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Boris had a, um, what do you call it, a campaign hoopla at a factory. I think it was an auto factory this right. week. And uh, I clipped some of his speech. Excellent. Um, he opened up. This is one thing they said about Boris during the leadership campaign, that he would be optimistic and like a, he would get things done and, and, and he would bring a bit of levity. Is this the post-Brexit green pastures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in his attitude. And that is more positive, a positive attitude. PMA. Anyway, he spent the he opened his speech bigging up Britain in a big way. Listen. <clears throat> UK boasts more Nobel Prize winners than any country except the US. We dominate the global pop music charts. We even dominate, uh, I saw the market in Hollywood superheroes with British actors playing both Spider-Man and Superman under this government. <laughs> we have an economy. <laughs> I'm wow. going to take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, though. No, that's quite good, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was, there was a, a, a full stop in the wrong place on, the, on his prompter <laughs> or whether he did that on purpose. If he did that on purpose, that's really funny. Yeah, it is. It is. The, the thing is, he, he does come across as a, a bit of a buffoon, which mm. we all know, and he, he, he's terrible at public speaking in interviews. I think he's really or, good. Or is he? <laughs> That's the other thing. I think he's... Do you uh, think it's all there? I've watched quite a bit of his the campaigns and stuff, and I don't know if he... I'm sure he has speechwriters. I don't know if yeah. he has his own input into the speeches or not, or whether he ad-libs or not. It's very natural, the way he communicates to me. Right. And it's not without wit or humour. No, which certainly is, not. Uh, Sign of intellect. Well, it's just a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Yeah. From the fucking polished they, they, fucking they, they, machines they. that normally talk to us, you know, the blurites. And... You know what? I did I did hear him talk about Grenfell when the um, inquest was released mm -hmm. a few weeks ago when he did a long speech in Parliament. And I listened to it all and I thought, you know what? That was really, really... Came across really well. It was It was very clear... There was no, no whistle. Just in presentation, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, that's com that's completely separate to what I normally see. 
do. Right. Which is kind of like off the cuff, kind of like, like we've just heard. Um, so I, I saw that and I thought, you know what, this this guy's um, he's clearly not an idiot. Um, clearly. Uh, him, Boris Johnson, Jacob's Reese, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm. Um, conservatives of that ilk get, I think, quite a bit of stick for being sort of well-educated. Classically educated. It's shit. We live in a society where you get in, you get stick for being well educated. Because the toffs, you see. Because they went, you know, this is not what I'm saying. It's what you hear. Because the toffs, they went to private school and that's a stick to beat them with. They're not wow. an everyman. Why? I don't want to no. be a prime minister to be an everyman. <laughs> You're with Plato then. You think we should have philosopher kings. Mm. Scrap democracy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I respect someone who has a um, an education in classics and mm. Rome and stuff. Yeah, it gives you some foresight, I think, in analysing uh, analyzing current events. Yeah, you read how a great the world's greatest empire fell. Um, it goes back to um, anacyclosis, that revolving Is she? wheel. <laughs> you know, do you remember Polybius? I, I, the Greek not guy. Top of my head. I've been to a lot of parties. He was at um, he was at the sack of Carthage. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, one four six BC because he was Scipio Aemilianus's uh, teacher, I believe. Right, and he was there watching uh, Carthage burn, and Scipio cried, and Polybius uh, says, "What's going on?" And he goes, "Well, if sub skip, <laughs> if a, if a city is as as great as Carthage can burn." the same thing will happen to Rome. Otherwise, it's just a matter of time if yeah. a great city falls. But Polybius had this theory of anacyclosis where you have <coughs> six forms of government, three benign and three malignant. Right. You start with monarchy. Mm -hmm. Monarchy um, devolves into tyranny. A corrupt mor a monarch becomes a tyrant. Yep. Then the next phase is aristocracy. Because of this tyrant, the ar aristocracy band together and remove him. Right. So then you have an, an aristocracy which is benign again, mm -hmm. but that devolves into oligarchy. Right. The aristocrats get too powerful. They're, they're not working for the benefit of the state and its people anymore. They're in it for themselves. And after oligarchy, you get democracy. What's after democracy? <laughs> well, the problem is, is if the if the people become corrupt they become uh entitled right they become liable or vulnerable to the panderings of demagogues do you not think offering them free right stuff now? free stuff like free broadband yeah. this is why i, I respect being people entitled who who study classics because it's still relevant today yeah yeah so you end up with ochlocracy that's what's after democracy. Not ophocracy. No, it's ochlocracy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which literally means mob rule. Ah, shit. What's after mob rule? Eventually, one guy becomes all-powerful. It's the only way to stop the ochlocracy, and you and end up back at monarchy. Monarchy, right. Well, just you saying then, like, entitlement, and that's, that's society in the UK and the world at the moment. This is a guy writing over 2,000 years ago. How long have we got? 
where are we on the on the cycle? Some yeah. people would say we're in an oligarchy now. Um, some people would say we're on on a democracy. Thing is, look, modern young people, and I was certainly one, may still be, would say that democracy seems the most logical, fair way of running a, a society, doesn't it? Every mm. every voice is, has the same weight. That seems logically the first thing to organize, first way to organize us, doesn't it? Like a committee. Yeah, but if it devolves into autocracy, maybe it isn't. Some modern political thinkers have suggested that you need a balance, like the the British had up until recently. We had a monarch, we had the House of Lords, the yeah. aristocracy, and the House of Commons, the democracy. And those three things balanced is the only way that you can stop the cycle of, of uh, I forgot what it's called. Anacyclosis. Anacyclosis, yeah. Yeah, having three in, in concert. What? Well, are but they trying to disband the House of Lords? That's what I'm saying. A, a modern kid, and I was the same, would say, um, Republican, dissolve the monarchy, dissolve the House of Lords. Democracy is the best way, the fairest system of government. It seems logical, that. But maybe you do need a, a mix to stop things devolving and break the cycle. Does that make you an oclocrocrat? Me? Certainly not. No. Oh, if you are a member, if we get there? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. As, as, as being a Democrat, aristocrat, oligarch, yeah, you would become a... <laughs> oh, clockrocrat. It's tough on that. It is. Oh, clockrocrat. Fuck. We must avoid having to use that word at all costs. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've Jeez. we've finished. Um. What was it? Boris bigging up Britain. Do you want to, uh, the next clip? Do you remember last week we talked about? Um. I brought a clip in of him. Comparing his Brexit deal to a, a microwave, microwave, oh, yeah. microwave meal. Yeah, gas right five in the microwave. Yeah, gas right five. It's there. Prick, <laughs> prick the lid. Prick the lid. <laughs> you right. are, I want that clip. Just prick, <laughs> just prick the lid. <laughs> well, this week at this press conference, Boris, Boris um, expanded his cooking analogies for his Brexit deal. Excellent. We have a great deal. It's ready to go. Just add water, <laughs> stir, stir in mm. pot. Uh, it's there. <laughs> stir in pot. Is he going to legalise marijuana? We now have stir a... Stir in some pot. Instead of a microwave Brexit, we have a freeze-dried Brexit now. Wow. I can't wait for sous vide <laughs> Brexit. Breakfast. Sous vide Brexit. Oh pot noodle Brexit. <laughs> Great. Pot noodle. Bombay bad boy. <coughs> but he didn't stop there. He then brought in another analogy for his Brexit deal. Is that it's done, it's complete, it's ready to go. It's the, it's the, it's the Blue Peter deal. Here's one I made earlier. Wow. One analogy after another. But no, I mean, how are you still talking about Brexit? Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to... No, I mean, um, as a society. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about um, Jeremy Corbyn masturbating. Oh, yeah. Uh, he received a couple uh, of... Oh. Uh, is this where Bor Boris had a pre-speech read? Yeah, where he was referring to onanism in the in his. I've always text. pronounced it onanism. Onanism, <laughs> is it not? Is I it? don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Um, which is, of course, um, self masturbation, gratification. Yeah, and they say flagellation, or something else. Yeah, um, yeah, unionism. But he didn't say it in the end. And all these journalists were like crowding around waiting for him to say it. They must have had like a Boris Bingo thing going on. Let's see. And secondly, you called Jeremy Corbyn an onanist, a <laughs> masturbator, in speech extracts last night, which seems to disappeared from delivery. Is that just the language of ordinary people, or...? Ah. <laughs> uh... uh... <laughs> onanist. So we called him a wanker, basically. I don't know. I don't know. Let's hear the answer. On your second point, uh, all I can say is that uh, a stray early draft seems to have seems to have <laughs> somehow somehow found its way found its way found its way into 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 your your otherwise peerless uh, copy. <laughs> By a process that I don't pretend to to understand, but I I will, I will make inquiries, Tom. Wow! Next week, Jeremy calls Boris a shit like a. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was a purposeful leak, a deliberate ah, leak? It seems a bit weird. There was a lot of noise around, a lot of froth in journalism circles. Right. Um, I don't know why. Just a bit of excitement, isn't it? Get him, get him listening. Get him turning up for the speech. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I don't think they would have a problem generating interest in a prime ministerial appearance, press conference. No. You won't think? I think every major publication would be there. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I think it was just to... I don't know. I think it maybe was a deliberate leak, but I'm not sure why. I don't know. I don't know. What's he, what's he going to offer instead of free broadband, do you think? Um, his main offer is to end Brexit, isn't it? Is end it? Uh, end it as a an ongoing Finish it. row. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> um, same as Liberal Democrats, they're going to end it if they're they're a majority government. Cause yeah, because that's, that's going to happen. But. If you vote, if Labour get in, then it will be a renegotiation and then another referendum. So it's going to drag on for another six months at least. Mm. And then, I mean, it's just, it would cause a lot of uproar, I think, a second referendum. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Especially if it went, like, the other way, by the same margin. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Man? I mean, regardless, the the point of a referendum is, is that you, you're you going to implement the result. If you have another referendum before you've implemented the, the first referendum, uh, it discredits it somewhat. There's a lot of good argument for it. I mean, you could say, like, no one knew what, a Brexit was when we had the first referendum. Now there's a, there is. This is what Brexit looks. No like. one knows what Remain. This is, is the repercussions. No one knows what Remain will well, mean. Remain in 10 was years. just the, yeah, in ten years. Yeah, the no EU's changing yeah. constantly. Yeah, it used to yeah. just be an economic area. Now, it's but just, if you if you're part of it, you have a say. It's how it national changes. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. You have a say in how it changes. I suppose that's my understanding. Mm, right. Okay. But because they're they're really good at reforming, aren't they? Well, no, they're not. But who is? <laughs> Big bureaucracies aren't, uh, bureaucracies aren't good at reforming. No. Well, I see the argument for having a second referendum. I just think um, it will cause probably civil unrest and will it? at worst. I, I don't know. I think I, I get the the picture purely from 
from social media posts. But, uh, I got a feeling that the militant wing of the Brexiteers is kind of pot noodle eating, <laughs> sit in front of your Martin Dawes rented television. Yes, uh, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> Rumbelows. <laughs> Martin Dawes. Uh, you know, NEC. I don't know. Just kind of fat, lazy, string vest wearing oh oiks. <laughs> but again, Ooh. this is why I want to leave social media because it's just it's kind of that after one after the other. It's taking things to just extremes. Some shit, and it's changed. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of well-educated people who vote for Brexit, and great. However, looking at social media, it's just idiotic soundbite after idiotic soundbite followed by a stupid meme that makes no fucking sense and a load of vitriol in comments section and it's just what the fuck is this is this really what what we want social media by by its design encourages extremism and clickbait and things that are going to go viral so yeah if you if you voted um leave you're a gammon and if you've voted remain (laughs) you're a ramona yeah But, I, I mean, it's, it's just fucking stupid, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how we got on to... Uh, we got off Boris Johnson. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't give a shit how, how you vote. <laughs> it's not my... It's not my... Uh, it's none of my business. Just uh, leave me be. We did a, a weekly shot this morning. Me and the eight-year-old went to Aldi. While, yes. the, while the other two went uh, swimming. Middle Lyle. Middle Lyle. <laughs> Middle spend, Lyle. We did spend some time, yeah. Christmas <laughs> lights are out. <laughs> and uh, we get to the till and we start loading the Pontic conveyor belt, the travel here. <laughs> and I said to him, play a game like, how much do you think it's going to be? What's the bill going to be? Not a game like Gladiators where you try and run up, run up it. Duel. Yeah. <laughs> run up the, the uh, Travelator. Yeah. And then swing off the rope and jump through the paper. Yes. That's the bit I always <coughs> wanted to do. <coughs> yeah, I'll skip the uh, hand bikes. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that. that <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the amount of contenders who failed yep. flunk the hand bikes because that's fucking hard. Atlas Fears, I'd never got that. And you know, the girls got um, monkey boys instead of the hand yeah, bike because obviously women are weaker than men. Just as dangerous. <laughs> It's just dangerous. Uh, oh, that's that's a there's a. Uh, I was I was wondering if you had this clip actually. Sorry, I'm going back to politics again. But um, who was it? It was Luciana Berger. Yep. Uh, on the Today program, talking to Nick Robinson, just got in my car, going to work, started up. Yeah, and it was, and she was, and the first thing he said was, uh, "So, if Liberal Democrats get into power." And I wake up one morning, this is Nick Robinson, I wake up one morning and I identify as a woman, then legally everyone has to treat me as a woman. And she said, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and he was like, well, you, you know there's biological differences between between men and women. Uh, are, you, are you disregarding that? I mean, there's all kinds of problems that this could cause, like people getting into women's prisons. I was um, just going to say, I've just, been convicted of a, I've just been convicted of uh, rape, 10 rapes. Yeah. And then as you sentence, say, oh, by the way, I, I identify as a woman now. 
So put me in a woman's prison. And that she basically said that that would be that would be the case that you just yeah. you just have to say that you don't that's have to produce any legal documentation. You don't have to. That's because the fucking the fucking woke, and you're not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes. What about public toilets? I know. I mean, it's hard. It's worse for you. You've got a daughter. Yeah. I don't have to worry about things like that. But yeah, some some fucking creep could just say, I identify as a woman into the ladies' toilets. It's fucked up. It's wrong. It's it's not only biologically wrong. It's ah, you're making it. It's social. Sorry. Uh, Classically, biologically. I'm gonna pl- shall I play devil's advocate? Hang on, I, no, because <laughs> the the other thing is women's rights as well. I mean, there's a lot of hard fought for women's rights over the last hundred, two hundred years. Um, that kind of going down the pan. If you can just say, "Well, I identify as a woman," or "I identify as a man," um, and it just it just kind of throws all that to the wayside. And what I see happening is you would have you're gonna have this new new class of people where it's well I'm I'm a natural female or a natural male and then they'll say oh you can't have that because there's but then what well, what else can you have because you you can't have male and female anymore so how do you distinguish between someone who was born male or born female and someone who just woke up one morning and said now I feel like a woman. Now that's fine if you feel that way, and you, and you, you've gone through a big journey, and you've struggled with it all your life, and whatever. And I, I could totally respect that. If you want me to stunning and brave, to, if you want me to treat you like like that, that mm. I I will, right. I will. But okay. there's a difference between that, what you've gone through, which you know is relevant, and I'm not pushing that. To, aside but there's a big uh, there is a difference between that and someone who's born a, a woman and how do you how are you supposed to differentiate between that if you cannot legally um if you cannot legally differentiate between it because they're now saying a, a natural born woman is the same as a man who decided he's a woman and am i going to get in trouble for distinguishing but trying to distinguish between those I tell you what, dating is going to be an absolute fucking nightmare, <laughs> isn't it? Maybe. Neil, what if I told you <sighs> that there is no link between sex and gender? Right. So I'll put the biological sex to one side. This is gender. Something completely different, and it's not linked to biology. Oh, okay, so you could be a... So you identify your gender, not your sex. Your sex is your mechanics mm-hmm. that you're born with. What about asexual people? Yeah. Or people who have both. Intersex. Intersex. You know, what gender are they? That's a very good question. You know, we're talking about gender being a social construct. That kind of, that kind of, kind of clears it up a little bit um does it make you any happy about some pervert going into the ladies toilet? <laughs> no it does not no so it's fucking moot in it well yeah 
Yeah, but that's well, the... you'd, you'd have to have the rule whereby the toilets are for are defined by sex and not by gender. This is the normal, the new postmodern woke intersectional way of thinking. Well, that's fine, and if if that's where we're going, that's fine. But you have to define the rules. You have to define what is what is governed by your sex and what is governed by your gender. If you clothes, all right, yeah, so. fine. Clothes can be governed by governed by gender. So the, these are women like clothes. These are men like clothes. Mm. But I could go. I could go and wear any of. Yeah, but in Victorian times, girl, uh, boys wore pink. Well, exactly. No, no, I'm saying that's fine. You could do that. Social construct. You can do that. You can do that. Fine. And and that makes gender fluid, which is which is what. <laughs> so you're allowed to be a transvestite. I'm allowing <laughs> transvesticism, but you're not allowed to go into a woman's toilet if you're a man. Right. So you think certain functions should be certain aspects of society should be, be compartmentalized in biology and some should be bio- biologically based so in other words to use a, a public toilet it doesn't matter what gender you are the the tackle has to match the sign on the frank door frank and beans yeah the frank and beans has to be present at all times in a in a man's well yeah and um, if you've had a, an accident or you don't know a transgender woman might say well that sort of that's not really fair on me you're saying i'm not a real woman that's another good point which i hadn't thought about but if you well then right so you have you have split by gender and then you have split by sex yep and then you have so that but you have people who i think the problem i have is people who just say i i now i identify as a woman and therefore i'm a woman going through the whole gender realignment process you become far more of a woman going from man to woman than you do if you just wake up and say, uh, I'm now a woman. Is that, am I wrong to say that? I just think you're a fucking transphobe. Is that right? <laughs> I love transformers. If you posted that on Twitter, you'd be called a transphobe. Would I really? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So there's this sh- To say that a woman who has been through the transitional surgery is more of a woman than a trans... A gender woman pre-surgery i think people some people would call you transphobic for that well there's a journey isn't there i think the longer you if you wait if i woke up tomorrow and said i'm a woman yeah. i'm at the start of that journey man i feel like a woman yeah <laughs> do, 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 do. um you're at the start of that journey if you've if you've been struggling with your gender throughout adolescence you you are uh, getting to a stage where you're ready to Let's pick a specific, let's make it real. Pick a Change specific physically. person. So this is a girl. This is what... If you describe what you were saying, that theory you were saying, but put it in a personal, in a real term. So apply it to an individual. I don't know any transgender people. No, make one as as up. no I mean, just make one up. Right, an okay. example. An example of... A human being. So how would it affect this human being? So... What's a journey? You're saying she was struggling through adolescence or something? Yeah. With this so, uh, all right. So it's a girl, uh, no, it's born a, uh, female, born born male. Born right? male. We'll go with right. born male because yep. I can relate to being born male. Yeah. Right. So you Even have two people. It's <laughs> <laughs> my secret. <laughs> you have two people. You have at the start of the journey. You wake up. You decide. Oh, I identify as a woman. At what age? At puberty. 
A pre-BBC? Mm. Well, let's let's change it. So, 36-year-old man wakes up tomorrow, says, yeah. now, now I'm a woman. Mm. Okay, and then you have a 36-year-old pre-op transgender person who's been struggling with their gender dysmorphia for 20 years right and they've been having hormone treatment they've been um dressing and looking like a woman doing womanly things for 20 years mending her back washing her hair what is a womanly thing? I know that shit, yeah. Um, so, but living their life as a woman for the last 20 years, and then they get to this this day together, they're both 36, one of them's lived his life as a man all the time, the other's been a woman for the last, lived as a woman for the last 20 years. <coughs> Subject one wakes up tomorrow, says, I feel like a woman. Subject two, the next day, it's the same as the previous day. They've been, as a woman for 20 years, struggling with it right. or not, or just that's their, they're at their happiest. They're living their, their happiest life. Now they've transitioned from living as a man to living as a woman. Right. I would say subject two, with all that experience and journey, is a more, has a more valid claim on, womanhood and being treated like a woman than subject one who just woke up and said oh, i'm a woman now and i want all the rights of being a woman going to the women's toilets doing all that sort of stuff um women's prisons whatever all the extremes and, and everything in between now that subject one has a has a long journey to go down before I would say they get to the same level of, and I'm going to say validity because I don't know another term for it, as subject one in their appreciate me as a woman right? decision. So I presume you would think then someone who is post-op is more legitimate than someone who is pre-op? I don't, n not necessarily. Because they're further on the journey again. Well, you've, all right, let's take, take yeah, maybe take um, subject one on this day the next day they're going for the the operation to be fully gender realigned and subject two is going to do the same thing woke up i'm a woman everything on day off. one yeah day one woke up day two i'm i'm mm. a woman now treat me treat me as a woman all the legal rights day three gender reassignment surgery no doctor on earth would would allow that to go through because they've not been on the journey. Do you not think? No way. No way. There's too many instances, documented instances of people go going through the gender assignment surgery without the journey. Yeah. And, and regret regretting it. And even reversals. There was a. a there's been. But a... You fuck shit up. You can't go oh, back it's to irreversible, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's been controversy recently about, I think it's called the Tavistock. It's a, a specialist gender realignment surgery place. And they've been under investigation in that they've been not doing the proper psychological tests on children before undergoing surgery. 
That's well, that to me is scary. It is scary. Yeah, I think the the problem I have is um, if you're an adult and you're over eighteen, you do what you want. As far as I'm concerned, as long as you're not hurting anyone, I don't give a shit, and yeah. I'm not interested. Hands off, you know. As long as you, you know, it doesn't bother me. When you start doing it to kids, people who aren't legally responsible, things like um, what they call it hormone uh, puberty blockers. Mm. So they prolong puberty or something. They stop it. It's fucking with your chemistry yeah. when you're not fully developed. It's messing with nature is what it is. Meddling with nature. So as a as a an aside to that, on this day where this one chap, subject one, decides he wants to be a woman, subject two's been living in a woman for 20 years. So their entire life, they've built relationships and social circles as a woman, all their friends all the work, everyone they've met, they, they look very much like a woman anyway because they've lived and had the hormone treatment and everything for the first 20 years, even though they're pre-op. I would say, subject one, if they wake up the next day and that's the first journey, the first day on their journey of becoming a woman and they went to see their family or they might not I mean, it's like coming out, isn't it? It wouldn't... <coughs> They might not necessarily say anything for years. No. Nope. And 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 cross-dressing secret and all that sort of stuff. And that's all part of this Subject 2's journey that's happened way in the past. But if they were to come out and say, like, I, I, I think I'm a woman now to their family, mm. I think that that's where it starts. The, the immediate kind of respect for that should start there and i think that's where it would start but even then there's going to be like there's going to be imagine you were married for like 20 years and then said oh, i'm a woman now there's going to be problems there and you can't you can't by by legislating as the liberal democrats want to do that legally you have you have to be respected as a woman now you can't stop those problems from from occurring no you can't just what I'm what I'm getting at with all this is you can't just wake up, decide you're a woman, and have all the, the legal rights. rights of a woman and the respect of even your family, even the closest to you, who love you so much that they do anything for you. I think it would still be a struggle on that first day for them to be fully accepting, which is would be a legal requirement with the Liberal you're Democrats in power. You're just not woke. But on the flip side, you're no Brexit. Fucking, you're, you're a fucking dinosaur. I know. <laughs> it's so difficult to get my head around because yeah. I, I am a dinosaur, I guess. I mean, well, it's it's balancing legal rights and. <sighs> I I I grew up loving the Manic Street Preachers. Right. How's that relevant? When Nicky Way used to wear a dress all the time on stage. Okay. So it's not like That's, I'm, you know, was that, was that <laughs> I've been sheltered from it. Was that not a purely fashion <laughs> decision? Probably, yeah. I used to like the Manics. Yeah. Uh, Everything Must Go album. Oh, yeah, what that's a really brilliant it? album. That one. Yeah. It was a, yeah. Oh, oh I'm oh, fucking cool. I'm I fucking cool. I've got the Holy <laughs> Bible. <laughs> I've got the Holy Bible on, on CD. Everything Must Go is a great album. <laughs> it is a great album. It is. It's when they first came out, they were like Wales's answer to fucking Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Weren't they? Yeah. I mean, James, I'm sure James Deal. <laughs> Dylan Bradshaw, <laughs> James Reese of Bog, Reese of Mog. 
<laughs> Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons. Uh, I'm sure James Dean Bradfield's hero was Slash. Right, yeah. You know, they were proper, like, not punk rock, but it was, that, punky, it was that LA scene, weren't it? Political. To a degree. Yeah. In the style of the rock. Yeah. And the, you know. Ramones It's not grunge, is it? It's, no. I mean, it's Guns N' Roses, isn't it? It's Pearl Jam. Isn't it? Yeah. That sort of era. Faith No More, no. <laughs> yeah, the first couple of albums were like that. And then Everything Must Go was a, a sea change, wasn't it? Was it that's the time that elapsed, I don't know. We do have a Manic Street expert. Mainstream, and uh, they lost their lead singer, guitarist. Lead, no, he didn't. James ah. Dean played the bass. He played everything. No, no, no. Nicky couldn't can, play bass. James yeah. did it all on records. What's the... Um, Richie. Richie, yeah. No, he, he just used to get pissed and smashed. And, did he? Oh, James Dean Bradfield's like the brain. The brain's behind it all. He comes across as the brains. What's the drummer called? Sean... No one knows. It is Sean, yeah. Is it Sean? All right. Um, we do have a We're going to get some manic space <laughs> corrections. Some serious corrections, I think. <laughs> uh, but it's a good album, Everything Must Go. Yeah. It's not just everyone knows Design for Life. Because mm. didn't that get to number one? Australia. Didn't that get to number one as well? Ooh. I'm going to say... <gasps> <laughs> oh, no. Go. I'm going to say Australia got to number five in the really? UK charts. I could be wrong. You know, yeah, I'm thinking of the track listings now. <laughs> yeah. Australia was number eight on the track listings. Uh, Willem de Kooning, a song for Willem de Kooning. Oh, that was a great oh, tune. Oh, they only had two number ones. Yeah. If You Tolerate This was a number one. Yeah, If You Tolerate This. Didn't like that album. Did you not? No. So. What was the other number one? Uh, Went fucking Australia. Uh, <laughs> The first number one was If You Tolerate This, Then Your Children Will Be Next, right. which means Everything Must Go wasn't a number one. Design for Life wasn't a number one. Why? Neither why? Australia. Is that another link? You should be able to click through that. You big shit. Do you know why? Because the government doesn't run our broadband. Fuck. That's why. I know. If it is. I mean, Motown Junk got to 94. <laughs> <laughs> you Lovers, that's another great song. Yeah. Stay Beautiful, that's a great song. In fact, they're all great songs. Not Cycle Emptiness. That's good. Maybe nothing. Uh, Design for Life, number two. Oof. Australia, number seven. I said number eight. Did I? Everything must go. No, I said it got to number five, didn't I? Did five, yeah. Got to number seven. Dun, dun, dun. They still this. release albums, you know. The masses against the classes. I've got that on vinyl. Mm. Yes. Is that a Cuban flag? No. It looks like half Cuba, half Costa, Uruguay. Costa Rica, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they kind of tailed off towards the end, didn't they? Autumn song was quite good. They're still doing albums now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. When was, what's the last Manix album you listened to? Um, it's got postcards from a young man on it. I can't remember what it is called. But it'll be in here. This is my truth. Spotify. Tell me yours, yeah. isn't it? No. It's on Spotify now. Mighty Bum. Saturday Monkeys, huh? Yeah. I put MA in the. Uh... Oh, 20 years remastered. 20 years, man. Since, if you tolerate tolerate this. Yeah, Resistance is Futile. Uh, International Blues a good song off that. Oh, I don't think I've heard that album. So that's it's more of a new. recent one, is it? 2018. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. 
So that's a decent album, is it? Yeah, I think so. Futurology was 2014. Don't know anything about oh. that. Uh, rewind the film. That's a... <laughs> I think that's a... Those <coughs> cards from a young man. That's the last one I had. 2010. Nine years ago. Ten years ago. Um, did you hear about Helena Bonham Carter this week? No. She said that the she suggested that the term "toy boy" is sexist. Toy boy. Yeah. Why is it sexist? Um, because it sort of um removes some validity from the younger man that is not an equal partner. He's just a toy, a thing, a plaything. All right. And he's a boy. He's not a real man. Um. What are you doing? Sorry, I've got tech <laughs> issues. Oh, <laughs> to the stream. Come on, man. All right, there we go. Good. Yeah, go All right. Oh, we lost all that. Never mind. Okay. Um, toy boy, sexist. Mm, is there a female alternative? Like a sex kitten. Gold digger. <laughs> That's not equivalent of a toy boy, is it? What What is it if you a go out with girl. a young girl? <laughs> Isn't the point of a toy boy being younger in age than the woman? That's what a toy boy is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so a woman going out with a young man, a man going out with a young girl is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, what's that called? Um, you wouldn't call the woman anything, would you? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no term for it. There's no like toy girl equivalent, is there? As far as I'm aware, who do you know <coughs> goes out with a younger woman? A couple. Panhead? Yeah, Panhead. Us three are all toy boys. Yeah. Yeah, So we're fine. saying it's not sexist. I don't, I don't feel like I'm I'm hard done by. Do you, have you ever been called a toy boy? Not by my wife, no. By anyone? No, don't think so. Oh. Not to my face. <laughs> Where have you? I don't think so. What's the, all the fuss about? Has Helena Bonham Carter been called a toy boy or something? I'm presuming that's the reason why. Is that her fellow, who is obviously younger, has been called a toy boy? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this is weird. I, I think it's a non issue. Agreed. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, should we fuck off then? Yeah. Uh, send us all your hate mail. Um. <laughs> Or uh, you know, teach us, teach us your ways. We we want to understand. We aren't we aren't woke, but we need to get some guests, don't we? Yeah, fuck man, that's probably my fault. I've been really busy. That's all right. Um, we'll we'll sign off for guests. this week. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. See you next week. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Jeffrey Archer did. <laughs> Those were your last words. Fuck you. Come on, you can do better. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're shit at dying, you know that. And secondly, God! the dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness.